0: Welcome to the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with our team of Eagles reporters from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Les Bowen, Paul Domowich, and EJ Smith. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, How's G- it going? Good to have you here. Uh, short week, so only one podcast this week, but uh, we'll try and get to both the Ravens game and look ahead to the Giants game as well. Certainly a lot to tackle here because the Ravens game was an interesting one. I mean, the Eagles had every – reason to give up after they were down 30 to 14, but they showed a lot of resolve in, in coming back and, and you got to give Carson Wentz credit. I mean, man, the kid was just pummeled. You get 16, to 18 hit something. Depends upon who's doing the math here, but I mean, he was running for his life. And at one point seemed to be running for his life on a 40 yard run and, uh, you know, got the Eagles back into the game. What do you guys, let's start with the quarterback, uh, how close is Carson to being the Carson that we've become accustomed to?
1: Well, I'll lead off if nobody minds. Uh, sure. you know, I think in the situation he's in now, he's about as good as he can possibly be. I mean, I, he misses a few, few throws. I think most quarterbacks do. Uh, but, you know, the interceptions that he's throwing right now aren't, uh, oh, my God, why did he do that type interceptions. They're interceptions where he's, you know, flinging the ball down the field or, you know, trying to, uh, you know, getting hit, and he didn't have an interception uh, of any,
0: you know, uh, of any type. Yeah, one, one was dropped. One, one was dropped this past week. Should have been an interception. Yeah, he
1: was. He threw that while getting blasted 10 yards backward through the air. You know, I mean – I I think people have gotten, because he started off the season poorly, I think, and the team is losing,
2: which is always a big deal.
1: I think people have gotten ridiculously overcritical of his play and are expecting something that isn't going to happen with four of his five offensive linemen out and wide receivers and tight ends out and top running back out. You know, I, I really think you look at 29 and 28 points the last two weeks, I, I will say I don't think there are five quarterbacks in the league that could have gotten more points than that
2: with this supporting cap. Well, I'll go next. Um, you know, I mean, I, I thought he played well uh, down the stretch last week. I still have ac- – I mean, I, he still has accuracy issues that are not entirely to blame on protection Uh, you know, he's missed, he missed Ertz a couple of times. He's missed Ertz several times over the last few games when that he never, I mean, there were passes that he made in his sleep before. So I don't know what's going, you know, that, that needs to be rectified. He also needs to play a complete game. I mean, he just turned it loose at the end, I think, and he, and he just became a gunslinger and, and that worked out really well for the Eagles on Sunday, but he's, he's thrown, uh, since, since the Washington game, he's got one touchdown pass in the first half, uh, of the last five games. Uh, you know, and and again, it's not entirely on him, but he's got to play a, a more complete game. I like the fact that he's running. Um, it, he has to, I mean, it's the only, they don't really have much of a running game if, 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 you know, without him, especially without Miles this week. So, uh, you know, I mean, we're not in this. I, there, there's he's made he's making some strides. He's not anywhere close to being back where he needs to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if, if I if I get to UEJ, I just want to interject mm-hmm. too. I mean, like if John Hightower catches that ball, which is perfectly thrown on the first drive, and Miles Sanders pulls that one in the touch in the end zone. I mean, that's two touchdowns there possibly. I think Hightower probably would have gone down, but. Yeah, and the numbers look different because right now, obviously, you look at his numbers and it's it's bad. He's got a seventy-one passer rating. He's a sec. He's a third worst quarterback in the in the NFL. But as we all know, numbers don't tell the full story. And, and less certainly, as you've brought up, uh, I mean, he's got nobody. I mean, by the end of the game, was Kelsey was the only regular starter that was left in the game.
3: EJ, what do yeah, you think? I- yeah. Yeah, with, as far as Wentz, because I think the reason he's still at the bottom of the league is because those first couple weeks, I right. mean, his numbers were terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I do the the advanced stats thing every Monday, and he was, like, like so far behind anybody else. Like, it was, it's going to be a lot of ground. He's going to have to play insane the rest of the year just to get to the middle of the rope for those. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I agree with Les. You know, it's just when you look at what he's working with and, you know, you watch what he's able to do with the guys that are around him, Um, You know, it is, it's just, I think that he's been, I think that, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was, I thought some valid concern. I mean, not like, you know, panic, but some concern about what Carson Wentz would look like this season and what he would look like moving forward, just because We've never seen him miss throws the way that he was missing throws earlier in the year. And, you know, similar to last year when when they played the uh, the Seahawks and the Patriots and there was some, you know, just some like eyebrow raising about the way that he had played in those two games, he bounced back, I think. The last two games I think he's looked pretty much like a, his old self. Um, maybe not dominant, but, you know, he's not costing them these games by any stretch of the Does amount.
0: anyone agree with me that, like, and Dama, you touched on this briefly, that it's almost like when Carson has like a you know, he's got to stand in the pocket and make a, an easy throw or when he has to or he's got to, uh, you know, he's got the game plan all laid out. He's got the first 15 plays scripted that he's not as good as when he's just he's just being a gunslinger. He's just out there running around and, and just being Carson. Like he just I feel like he's more himself when he's playing that way. Does anyone yeah. agree with that? I mean,
2: yeah. I, I think that's uh, the case with a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> Because you're just not you know, you you're not thinking as much. And yeah, you know, that's ultimately what seems to bring a lot of quarterbacks down is they just you know, they you know, I mean this isn't rocket science and, and especially when you're when you when your job involves mechanics and everything, uh sometimes it's better if, if your mind is just a just a, a fog. Yeah.
1: Right. Well I think in his own head. I think he likes to uh extend plays and improvise and I don't think he's good and as good in a very stationary, um, stand here and look at four options kind of situation. I, I don't think that's his game and that's, you know, that's a little bit of a concern because that's, it seems to me that that's kind of what Doug Peterson wants is,
3: you know, a
1: very, uh, uh, methodical offense that uh, you know where the quarterback stands in the pocket, and I don't really think that's the quarterback they have.
0: Well, I, I think every coach wants the quarterback to run the plays that he's you know like as scripted. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, but not to go back on some old t- tired argument here, but like that's why the you saw them had so much success with Nick Foles is that Nick just ran the offense. I mean, Nick, you know, and Nick just doesn't have it in him really to kind of work off script. I mean, that's just not him. And it worked in that regard, but but it does. This does lead a little, lend a little bit less to your argument that, yeah, I mean, that's when they had their most success. They won a Super Bowl. Now, certainly, they've had success with Carson uh, being Carson, but Carson has been able to run the offense very well at times too. I mean, like I, I do. Feel, we're not going to talk long term here with Carson, but it is a little bit of a concern because. In this league, you need to, I mean, there's times just you got to throw from the pocket. you just got to go through your reads and, and hit the first and second one, an uh, obvious read there. And Carson hasn't really been, hasn't really shown that for an extended period of time in his career.
3: Yeah, I feel like once you get to a certain point in the season and you're playing really good teams, you definitely need like, to be multidimensional. You, know, you have to be able to beat teams different ways because they're going to try and take away whatever it is that you do best. So I, I agree with you there. Like, if he's just going to be able to do the, the gunslinger or you know the improvisational stuff, then you know, it's going to become a problem later yeah. in the season.
0: Do we want to talk about the uh, two-point conversion try or have we just buried that to death in print that it doesn't need to be talked about? I think we've killed that, that, that deer. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it it moves us forward too much. I mean, how about this? I feel like Doug has done a pretty good job. I mean, like he has scheme guys open. There've been drops. There's been this, that, or the other thing. He's gotten these guys to play. He, he, he spoke out in support of his guys after, you know, the effort that they showed, you know, you're already, you're seeing in Dallas that there's already anonymous players that are, out against Mike McCarthy after, uh, you know, after just six games, uh, his (laughs) tenure there. And, you know, we're not in the locker room. Who knows? It might be a lot different if I was in there or we were all in there trying to, like, find out what the players really think of what's going on. And I do feel like in some regard, stuff isn't great great there because of all the injuries, et cetera. But I think the one thing that you can always say about Doug is he gets the guys to play for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But you go –
2: you go back to his uh, first year. I mean, I think the Super Bowl year started with his ability to keep them focused when they were. Remember, you remember 2016? They, they they were playing really badly uh, during a stretch. Uh, I can't remember who they who, who they were getting blown out by. Bengals, I mean, Seattle, <laughs> Seattle and and maybe Cincinnati killed them. Cincinnati, yeah. And if the, I mean, there was you, you got a coach in his first year. You, there are questions about him then. And, and yet he kept them he kept them focused and they finished pretty strong that year uh even though they didn't make the playoffs and 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 you know he's kind of i mean that's i in my in my mind that's one of his strengths i mean he's i think he's maybe said too many times about how the you know the advantage he has as an ex player in that locker room but i think to a certain degree he's right i mean he he does you know they're not gonna they're
0: not going to turn on him unless things really really got bad. Okay, no one else has got anything. I just think that Doug's genuineness is what carries him. You know, he's just not a drama guy. He doesn't put himself in front of anybody. You see sometimes that with other coaches. And, and you know, again, like I, like I, I said, I think the offense that he's been – game plan- I think the game plans have been pretty good the last few, few weeks. Now, the, some of the decision-making has been questionable. Obviously, not calling the timeouts the last two weeks. And, and players see that and look at that. Um, I don't know if it's been egregious to the point where you're, you're, you question the guy to the point where you – I don't believe in him enough to play for him, but uh, that leads me to my other question. So that they've had a lot of injuries. Clearly, what's going to happen when some of these guys start coming back? I mean, Deshaun sounds like he's going to play tomorrow night, and you're going to put him out there, right? But I don't. I mean, do you try and win this division? I mean, clearly you're going to try and win the division, but do you do that at the expense of
3: developing some of these younger guys? I actually feel somewhat strongly about this. I think that they're finding something. I mean, they're having success right now. I know they're not winning games, but you're seeing glimpses of potential from guys. And, I mean, the Fogum thing is is a different conversation because I think that he has just genuinely earned a spot. But, like, I don't know. It's like guys like Mylata and Herbig. Um, you know, it's just like, you know, you, I feel like you, they need to see these guys play. Um, you know, I don't think that – I, I wrote this in the in the newsletter today. Like I think that if the Eagles get too caught up with you know winning this division as a seven, eight and one team, like that's just going to make this eventual this in, like it's an inevitable fact that they're going to have to rebuild at some point. And I think that if they get caught up in starting all of their veterans and you know trading for you know, veterans at the trade deadline, if they really go all in to win this division with a, you know, almost five hundred record, I think it could really cost them down the road, you know, when they do have to figure out what they have in young guys and, you know, amass draft picks. So Yeah, I mean yeah.
2: because they're gonna be playing so little twelve personnel, uh, you know, you you can integrate Deshaun just fine with, with, with Hightower Fulgham and and Ward, uh Arsega Whiteside probably he's not getting many snaps anyway. Um, you know, they, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go sometimes, a lot of times maybe, depending on the situation, with 10 personnel, go with four wide receivers. Uh, you're sacrificing blocking, but, you know, if you can get the ball out quickly, uh, you know, on quick slants to some of these guys, you yeah. try it. So. Yeah.
3: yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with the linebackers too. You know, I think that uh, we're starting to see Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor play a little bit, mm-hmm. and I, I think that at some point you need to see – if they're better than what you have right now, because it's not very good. Um, You know, I do I mean, it can't be much worse with those guys, even if they might be out of position, at least they have the athletic ability to get places that maybe the current guys don't. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, you know, uh, the one thing that worries me about Davion Taylor is when Jim Schwartz was pointing out a good play, (laughs) it was one where he chased the guy down. who was like 30 yards on that. I mean, okay, but that's not really, you know, (laughs) At the end of the day, I'm not sure that's a talent that we
2: need to. Yeah, you, you kind of want to say, Jim. We knew he was fast from, yeah. from his combine time, <laughs> yeah. but that's not going to get him make. You know, you can't make a ten ten year career off of four four forty. Yeah, with
1: the with the Eagles' record, it's silly to sort of consider them in a different category than the Giants, or that they're going to win this game easily, or anything like that. But I really do, after looking at the stats and, and what the Giants have done and who they've done it against, I do think the Eagles are the better team um, and they're playing at home. So I guess I'm going to take the Eagles in this game. But I, I don't really know what to make of the Giants. Uh, their defense has had some decent games. Uh, I, I don't, Without Saquon Barkley, I don't fear them offensively at all. What do you guys think of the Giants as an opponent tomorrow night? E.J.?
3: Um, I feel like this – I just feel like it's a good matchup for the Eagles. I mean, the the defense is going – it's like we've seen the Eagles offense put up almost 30 points each of the last two weeks against very good defenses. Um, Like I don't see why – I don't see why the Eagles offense won't be able to find success against them. And I really think that there's a – I think there's a a decent chance that we look back in a couple of years and just say Daniel Jones cannot figure out the Eagles defense because I feel like the Eagles – you know, the way that they can get pressure with four, um, with his fumbling issues and just his general struggles against pressure, I think that, um, that the Eagles defense might just be a, a bad matchup for Jones for a long time. Maybe I'll eat these words. Yeah. Maybe Daniel Jones will throw four <laughs> touchdowns tomorrow night. Um, but, but yeah, I just feel like the matchups are in their favor. So I think for the first time all year, I'm going to pick the Eagles by, uh, by more than one score. Yeah.
2: So, <laughs> you know, that, they- the two concerns I had, I don't know if they're concerns, but uh, I mean, I, I agree too. I think the Eagles should win r- r- even without my, you know, with the additional injuries, but you know, they just, they have not been able to force turnovers, but right. But they're going against, as EJ said, Daniel Jones, who led the league and lost fumbles last year, who is going to be confused by, by what he's going to see from, from Schwartz's uh, back end. So you would think they'd be able to get some this week and they really need to get some, uh, the concern I have with Jones is not so much him doing any damage to them uh, as a passer, as much as, you know, they're going to be playing most, they play mostly man man coverage now, which means you turn your back to the quarterback and and Daniel Jones has had a lot of success running this year. Uh, I think he's got like 30% of their rushing yards. He leaves them in rushing. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. he's not Saquon Barkley, but you know, you don't want him to do what Lamar Jackson did last week to you, you know, so uh, they got to be careful about that.
1: Yeah, they really do. Uh, And that has been, uh, it's a weird year for them against the Eagles, against the run. Uh, They do very well against top running backs, but wide receivers and quarterbacks tend to break big plays on them. And, uh, you know, that's, that counts too. (laughs) Um, and, And so, yeah, that's the biggest thing they have to worry about, I think. This is not a high scoring offense, though. I think the Giants are averaging 16.8 points a game. Even if they get 20, you know, I mean, I think the Eagles, even without Sanders and Ertz, ought to be able to score more than 20, assuming that the offensive line is reasonably okay. I mean, Brett Toth, I was watching, he was the right tackle after Jack Driscoll went down, and, and it's possible that he'll be the right tackle for part or all of this game. You know, his first snaps were horrendous, uh, he got a little better. And they did score points with him on the field. But who in the world, you know, yeah. thought going into the season you'd have Brett Toth at right tackle? For one thing, he wasn't even here. He was he was on the Cardinals practice squad or something. But I, this is a ridiculous situation. I mean, we can feel that the Eagles are a better team, but there's some potentially disastrous things that are just – going to be hard to deal with in any game against any opponent, I think. I'm not going to pick a huge margin in this, I don't think. I, you know, I, I think a lot of things have to go right for yeah. people
3: to beat anybody by a big margin. Yeah, and especially when you consider that Toth is probably going to be flanked again by Jamon Brown, who had one of the worst games oh, I've seen in a while. Good. Yeah.
1: yeah, that guy, he started a bunch of games in this league. What in the world? You yeah.
3: Know?
1: Yeah. He didn't He'd... look like he knew what he was doing. I mean, he the play where he just stopped and started adjusting his (laughs) gloves with Wentz running around behind him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think
1: I've ever seen that. I mean, that's like Danny Watkins level. uh, You know, (laughs) I, I I'd love to talk to the guy and, and figure out what in the world he was doing out
2: there. Hey, I'm curious from uh, your, your guys standpoint on, you know, we've listened to since week one or even going back to training camp when we've talked to Deuce about, you know, I mean, In past years, this has been a running back by committee. They've been uh, almost—they've been very demonstrative about, especially Deuce about. Miles Sanders is is a carry the load guy. We have no problems with him. Uh, And until he got hurt last week, Corey Clement and Boston Scott were sitting on the bench, uh, twiddling their thumbs. They played like twenty three snaps combined in the two games before that you're at a, at a place where miles is hurt and these guys have to step up. Um, and I, I, I wonder if, 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 if they're second guessing themselves as far as not giving these guys a little bit more work previously, I know, I, I think a, a big reason why they didn't was pass protection, but uh, you know, now you got two guys that are rusty that you got to count on this week. Yeah, that's a good point, Domo. And the other
1: side of that point is also true. They, Deuce keeps pounding this idea that uh, Miles Sanders is a workhorse back. Well, okay, uh, he's got a knee injury now. He was injured at the start of the season. I mean, I—he's not built like a workhorse back. Now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I—I I haven't seen that. Frankly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe his use is more in the fifteen to twenty touch. Uh, throw him, you know, half a dozen passes a game, sort yeah. of, and, and give somebody else half a dozen carries at least a week. Uh, maybe they just don't feel their offense enough to yeah. to allow that luxury. I don't know. But, yeah, it is silly. I mean, we saw Boston Scott play last year, particularly against the Giants, where he carried the mail in two games and was probably the reason they won one of those games. Mm-hmm. And, it, you, you know, you can't just – forget about the guy when you don't have enough weapons on the field. I don't think any of us understands completely what's happened to throwing the ball to the running backs this year. It's been a non-entity. Yeah. uh, This offense. Um, Yeah. I, I do think, uh, you know, I like a lot of injuries the Eagles have had over the last few years. This could end up helping them down the road. If they get these guys integrated back into the offense and, you know, go forward with a slightly different plan to use more people.
3: Right. Uh quick on your quick point on the what you said about Miles. I feel like the miscalculation was once he missed all training camp with a hamstring injury. I I don't really understand how you didn't anticipate that he might need some need some of that like some of that workload taken off of him. You know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like a hamstring injury like that's the, that's the type of thing that can linger throughout the whole year if you're not careful with it. And,
2: yeah. you know, yeah.
3: I asked him if the glute injury was associated with that. He said no. I think that it was more like a bruise than anything else. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, he hasn't been healthy for more than a, you know, a week or two in a row. And it's hard to, like, it's hard to imagine that they, they, they saw that he, didn't, he missed all training camp with a hamstring injury and just kept saying, yeah, I think he can handle yeah. it. Well, you know, just-
2: especially after uh, when we talked to him after the Rams game, he basically admitted he was out of gas.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So,
2: yeah, that was a real red flag
1: to me. You know, I don't see why a guy his age ever is out of gas. Uh,
2: I, you know, I, 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 on a short week, you can't, you're obviously, there's no, you, you don't really change from what you do, but they have been working Jalen hurts into the offense in, as gim. you know, in some of these packages. And I think this week without miles, you know, his 74 yard run was set up by that, motion with with Hertz. i mean when he went in you know when he went in motion behind Wentz, it just opened up the middle of the field right and i think they they're going to have to do a lot of that this week that kind of thing to to kind of uh you know cuz the giants are not a good team but but they've got a pr- pretty damn good run defense uh you know not yep. many teams have run on them this year and they've tried uh so yeah. you know it's not going to be easy when you're you know when you're without sanders and when and you're without uh, all but one of your starters on the offensive line. So they're going to have to figure out some way to get that run game going.
1: Yeah, the thing with Hertz, you know, we talked to Doug about that, and he was talking about how the Hertz plays have, have mainly been trying to give the opposition unscouted looks, mm-hmm. things they hadn't seen on film. That's that's a great idea, but you're in a situation now mm-hmm. where you might need Hertz more than that. Yeah. Yeah, you might know, you you need to incorporate Hertz into more of the regular plays, like you said, to give that extra element that teams need to account for. And that's tough to do on a short week if you haven't been practicing it that way, I guess. But I don't know. I I would hate to see him get you know four or five snaps this week uh, on gimmick plays. I, you know, I I do think
3: they could use him more. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the – with Ertz and Sanders out, it's like, who else is the defense really going to have to key in on? And, you know, like, who else is going to, when, if you put Hertz in motion, people's eyes are going to get drawn to that. I mean, who else on the Eagles' offense are people really going to have to account for? So I yeah. feel like you have to play him more. He's just, it's just a matter of, like, who's the most talented offensive player that's on our sideline. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, I feel like they're going to have to use him more. You know, and, the, and yeah, I
2: would hate
1: to see them come out tomorrow night. And try to force the ball to Deshaun Jackson, you know, who hasn't played in weeks, in a month, really. Um, I think that could be a recipe for disaster. Or even Alshon Jeffrey, you could see drops. You could see, you know, miscommunications. You could see the ball going 20 yards over the guy's head. You know, I I would – soft pedal those guys quite a bit in this game get their feet wet but i would not make build anything around them i think, uh, this week.
2: I think they'll take their deep shots on, only to show them that they're you know that they're considering yeah. it just like they had because they, they've done it the last two weeks against two of the fiercest pass rushes they faced they've thrown two, seven deep balls in each of those two games uh you know not a lot of success except for the 50 yarder to high tower but uh, you know, it, it it gives the defense something to think about. I mean, the, the, right. the, the area I think they need to suddenly get production from where they haven't is their screen game, especially with Scott, yeah. uh, Scott. I mean, you go back to the two Giants games last year. I mean, that's what that's what Scott did. That's that's where you know, a lot of the the plays he broke yeah. came on screens. And I, you know, I, it's it's a mess right now their screen game. Uh, and I don't know that you're going to fix it this week, but. Right.
1: Well, we all know why, though. That's the offensive line yeah. and all these guys. And they just can't. I guess it's pretty complicated it's, doing that stuff. You have to have the guys understand what they're trying to do. And I every time they try it, it looks like there are guys facing backwards yeah. and guys, you know, turning somersaults. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a circus. Uh, I, I bet you're absolutely right. You know, they are going to we talked about how it's going to be hard to run on the Giants, but Giants opponents are averaging like a 71% pass completion rate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as you're not like throwing a bunch of interceptions, uh, I, you, you just move the ball down the field that way. Greg Ward, uh, Travis Fulgham, a little bit of Deshaun, a little bit of Richard Rogers. Mm-hmm. I guess you just try to win that way. I don't know. Yeah, I would just make the point that, there's a lot hanging on this game. I mean, if the Eagles lose this, we've all been talking about how winnable the NFC East is and they're playing better teams and losing. And, you know, they, they, they have a chance to run off some wins here in the division. And even though they're in a terrible injury situation, I, if they lose this game, I think you're just kidding yourself about anything this season. Really? I mean, I, it's, it just gets bleak. Uh, if you can't win, win this game at home against this team i don't know where you go from there i really don't uh, anybody else feel differently
3: no completely agree yeah i mean they uh,
2: you can't you can't keep losing and then say oh well dallas lost again <laughs> we're yeah we're still in. <laughs> yeah. i mean they have a chance here in the next 3 weeks against three games that no matter who they put out there, they they should they they should win. They should be favored in, and and that puts them back to four four and one. It's a new ball game, uh, but but they've got to do that. They, they've got to especially if they're getting
1: more players back by the time they're four four and yeah, one. Yeah, I mean if that buy you was had huge. That roster yeah. at four four and one, then you could legitimately say, okay, it doesn't matter how bad the NFC East is. You know, you can go forward here and and think about, you know, being in the, in the conversation as a, as an NFC contender. But if you're not four, four and one, you know, it, it, I don't know if it's going to matter much who you get back. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess I'll wrap this up. Uh, we lost Jeff there due to technical difficulties uh, about midway through. Uh, we hope he's all right. Um, <laughs> This has been the Eagles uh, podcast, the Bird's Eye View podcast, and uh, we're uh, always uh, looking for you to find our stuff on inquire.com and in the pages of the Inquire and the Daily News. Uh, we've, we're going to say goodbye for this week from Les, uh, Damo. Don't forget, DJ, to, don't forget to sign up
2: for that early bird's newsletter.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: And the, uh, and the uh, absent Jeff. So, uh, everybody take care, and uh, we'll see you next week. You guys
2: take care.